everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and I got another hot, hot show lined up for you today. Man, I thought you were going to say you had a hot, hot guest host. (laughs) (laughs) You see how I left that open? And sure enough, you took the reins and just ran with it. So, folks, if you hear the voice, you know who that is. It's my special, my special, and I emphasize special friend, Heather Dobson. She's coming back for another episode. Heather, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Got all the nice, quiet silence over here so I can make sure we're operating uninterrupted. Yeah, sure. Uh We'll we'll see how that works out. Although my dog is in the room with me, so we'll see. Nice. Very nice. Well, listen, why don't we tell, uh, why don't you let everybody know what they can expect from today's episode? Yeah. So once again, I have the privilege of bringing on like just some of the coolest people I know. And, and the best thing about this so far, Adam, is, you know, besides, you know, getting to talk to you so much. Right. Is that I like all of these people I'm bringing on are my friends. Yeah. Like these are, these you, are you know, you have a plethora of a lot like really cool friends. I do. It's amazing how, what my community is, and I'm so grateful for it. So today we have my friend Kisa Libby, who is based out of Utah. Okay. And Kisa is a Navy veteran, and I think probably the epitome of the crusty sailor. Really? Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I like her already. Salty All right. Sailor. A salty yeah. sailor. Okay. Yeah, she's a salty sailor for sure. And that's one of the reasons I love her so much. But there's a couple of things that um, I have learned about Kisa that I that just make me really admire her and respect her in a lot of ways. Kisa and I have known each other for, for about four years. So thanks for coming on the show, Kisa. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Yay. So one of the things that stands out about Kisa for me is, is a conversation that I want to have because I don't have any experience in this area, but I love what Kisa's doing. So Kisa has two sons. Um, they're 14 and yeah. 8. Is that right, Kisa? Well, actually 15 and 9. That okay. turned 15 in April. Okay, so they've they've had birthdays 15 and 9, so Bash and Eli are her sons. And she's a single mom raising these these two kids. Now, for the listening audience out there, I don't have children unless they have fur or four feet or something like that. Like I, I don't I don't have children. And pretty early on in my friendship with Kisa, she had made a post on Instagram or something where she was talking about she listens to the the podcast, The Art of Manliness, because she's raising boys to be men and that it's important to have this foundational knowledge so that she's creating men that are growing into a world where they are healthy and happy and productive and, and strong men. And I thought that was so admirable. So Kisa, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, tell me a little bit about your experience with raising your boys um, on your own. I know they, they, they have a dad and their dad is still involved in their lives, but the, the bulk of the work is, is on you. At what point yeah. did, did you, like, when was it that you were like, you know, I got to 
do something to make sure that I'm raising good men? Um, well, it, it was kind of a convoluted journey, but um, right after I separated from my my ex, I kind of had this like panic dating experience where I was trying to find like a replacement husband slash dad. And um, it was just uh, like one dirt bag after another. Um, and they got like worse dirt bags. Uh, so I kind of had to take a step back and I feel like life was trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, like I had to just, I had to decide, I had to make a decision. So I decided I was going to do it on my own. And then I had to kind of make a plan of action. So I moved closer to my ex so that he could be more physically present in their lives when he could. And then I just started watching men around me that I admired and building a plan from there. Yeah. And I think that's, that's such an important distinction I've seen this happen a lot where somebody gets a divorce and then they immediately look for that replacement out of, it's a survival instinct, I think. And um, yeah, to, yeah, to know sure. that that was your journey, Adam, Adam. So, so Adam also was a single parent for most of his, his son's life. I'm curious to know like your take on this being the single dad. So it's a little similar, but, but different. It's like looking in the mirror and and listening to myself as a woman, <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> I don't know if that was that too far. Maybe maybe a little bit too far. Um, oh, the no, visual. Yeah, no, no not at all. <laughs> so it's, um, no, I, I, you know, for me it was kind of the same same situation. It was just like one relationship into another into another, knowing I should not have been in those relationships to begin with anyway. And then it was, it was, oh, it, it was finally at a point where it was just like, I'm probably doing more harm than good. And it, I, I had to take a step back and really realize like, wait a minute, one, I'm supposed to be setting the example and, and I'm jumping from one relationship to the mm -hmm. next. So that's not a good example that you, you want to be setting to, to your child one. And two, when I finally, I agree. when I finally stepped back and said, you know what? I don't need a woman in my life. And right now I don't know if I necessarily want a woman in my life. And I ended up being, <laughs> I was single for about eight, eight, eight years or so on a, occasional dates here and there. Nice. But, it, but it, but it was like, I, I took that time off because I realized I was jumping from one relationship to the next. I didn't know who I was anymore. I had to find out who I was. And once I was able to do that, then I realized, okay, now I'm open to having a relationship with somebody. I don't necessarily need somebody in my life, but it would be nice to have someone or want somebody in my life to where, at that time in my life where I could share my life with. And uh, once I, I took a step back, everything was just, it, it seemed like life got easier. I was setting better examples. More importantly, because it wasn't about, I never made it about me. It wasn't me. It was... I wake up every day. Okay, yeah. what, I have, I have, I have, you know, a, a child to worry about, and I have to be an example. I got to make sure I'm setting a good example, at least until he's out of high school and on his own, which that time's drawing close. So, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Like that is like, I identify with that one hundred percent. Yeah. 
And, and I think I think as parents, we don't as single parents, like a lot of people don't really, you know, see like oh this, you know, with the, I had a hard time with one. I was surprised that God gave me one child, trusted me enough with that. I can't imagine raising two children on my own, and it, you know, and it's like, it's like you, there's no, there's no, there's no. Um, there's no manual. There's no parenting manual. There's you know, there's books out there, and a lot of those books are written by people that don't have kids, or whatever, the doctors, whatever. You you really have to kind of go through it and just and find it within yourself each and every day, you know. And it, absolutely, it's not always easy. No, yeah, so said, <laughs> not not even close. Yeah. One of the things that that you said is that you started looking at the, the men around you, your friends and, and colleagues, um, you know, kind of at, at their behavior, their modeling and, and what kind of examples they could set. And I'm fortunate enough to know a couple of those people that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. How do you, to me, it's just this, like, it would be terrifying if I had a kid and you're like introducing someone into their life not not as a romantic partner, but just even as just a, a friend or someone who's, who's going to be in their life. So how did you get to a point where, okay, this is a person who I trust to not only be involved in my son's life, but also have the power to make impressions upon him? Well, it kind of happened organically. I actually, the competitive shooting journey happened a little bit before I started figuring out the parenting boys journey um, because I ended up in a group of people with a ton of men (laughs) to look at, for examples. And then as I started to build relationships with different people, I started to kind of catch on like, wow, these are men I admire. And like, these are two like dudes that I would want my kids to a be like, or C hang out with, or any, any number of combinations. And so as I started bringing my oldest son, Sebastian into shooting, and he started piling around with them and I watched that happen. And then it was like this aha moment and it was him and Jeff mm-hmm. and just seeing those two like yeah. ADHD weirdos yep. like bonding <laughs> You know, and I was like, this is where it's at. Like, this is how I can, like, there's no substitution, but this is where I can start to supplement, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's such a powerful statement. It's not a substitution, but it's a supplement. And um, that's, I want to, I want to go back to the competitive shooting, what you talked about. So Adam, Kisa and I met through our mutual friend, Jeff, who Mm -hmm. she just mentioned, who is uncle Jeff to to her kids and um, <laughs> asshole Jeff to some of us also. Um, <laughs> you've heard me talk about Jeff. He's the owner of RDR yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah. where, I yeah, all my about. holsters and, and everything. Um, but so Keith, that's how Keith and I met. And Jeff, Jeff was, was telling me like, you gotta meet my friend Keith. You gotta meet my friend Keith. like, you like, she's awesome. You love her. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And so we actually, Keith and I met <laughs> at a shooting competition in Utah and it was at the beginning, actually, and that's, I met her son, um, Bash, Sebastian, that night too. It was at the, the, the beginning of each of our competitive shooting journeys, right? Like it was, it was very, I mean, yeah. probably, yeah, yeah it, I mean, for me, that 
that it was a night shoot. It was probably maybe my third competition I'd ever shot in ever in my entire life. And Kisa was pretty early on too, but Kisa had this like commitment and dedication to, I, I like this. I, I think part of it too was the, was the people that are in that, that community up there in Salt Lake and just like I sat back in amazement and watched like how committed she was to doing dry fires every day on her lunch breaks and filming them and everything that she did. And, and one of the things you told me, Kisa, pretty early on is that you, one of the reasons why you decided to, to not only become a competitive shooter, but also to share the journey is to show people and especially women that competitive shooting and the firearm space is not only for gun bunnies and is not only for you know geared out tactical dudes but you are a you know like you're like you're a you're a mom you're an accountant I mean, you have a, you know, you work at a cool company, but you like, you're a normal person, right? And that, that's, tell me a little bit about yeah, that decision and, and, and why you, why you wanted to share that journey and why that was important. Uh, well, competitive shooting was a game changer for me, just personally, um, just coming out of the Navy and living in a state that I wasn't from and not having many friends. I actually dated a guy who was a competitive shooter for about two minutes. And um, after our first couple of dates, I was like, not into him, but I definitely wanted to check out this competitive shooting thing that he did. <laughs> yeah. And then it, I just took off running. And um, yeah, it, it was like the people, like I came for the shooting, but I stayed for the people because that camaraderie that I missed so much from the Navy, it was, it was there, it was there on the range and those people accepted me for the crustiness that I was. And yeah, I just, I, yeah, it was everything I needed. It was, and more. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's such an an overlooked community. Especially when it comes to some of the strongest. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, um, so I, so I live in Arizona, but was traveling to, to Salt Lake. Um, and the, it's, it's this really interesting thing, how different communities are. And like, I feel like my shooting family is in Salt Lake. It's not in, in, in Arizona. And I haven't been able to find that shooting family here, but I will tell you that I'm not as committed to it as, as Kisa is. I, you know, competitive shooting for me is an outlet for whatever, for stress. It's a way for me to improve my shooting skills, all of these things. But for Kisa, it really became this network and this community of, of developing these relationships and friendships with people. And then she introduced Sebastian, her son, to competitive shooting also. And Kisa, can you talk a little bit about the transformation you saw in your son? Oh, well, I mean, it was amazing. And I mean, competitive shooting is everything for me, Heather, because I don't date and I don't do anything else but work and shoot and raise my kids. So like, that's my social outlet. Like I don't go to church. I don't volunteer really anywhere. Um, so that's why it's like so encompassing in my life because yeah. you have a lot of other stuff going on that, you know, 
But um, I was hesitant to bring Sebastian and I was really nervous because he has um, ADHD and then he has like some developmental delays uh, in his motor functions. And he, he basically tests kind of like right in the gray area on the spectrum, uh, just depending on who's given the test, it seems like. So I was nervous, but I wanted to share it with him because he thought it was cool and he wanted to see me do it. And when I brought him out, every one of my squad was just so excited to have a kid on our squad and everyone was so just enthusiastic and supportive. And it would take him like five minutes to run a stage that should take 15 seconds and like nobody cared and everybody cheered him on. And he walked away like from that. He talked about it the entire way home. It was like an hour long drive and um, he couldn't wait to do it again. And so I just started buying him the gear and I started bringing him whenever he wanted. Yeah. And I think you mentioned to me early on too, that, that you even saw an improvement in some of his motor skills and stuff too, because you, there's a lot of, manipulation of, you know, the, the gun and, yes. and everything else. Yeah. Well, when he started seeing an occupational therapist, it's always kind of like this weird kind of thing that you go through when you're talking to like a pediatrician or a therapist and they're like, well, what kind of things do you do for fun bash? <laughs> and then you have to like, be like, are they okay to say like, I shoot, I like, are they not going to call the cops or something? You know, like, cause people yeah. don't understand. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his occupational therapist was a little leery. Like I could tell she was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, We, we worked with her for like a year and a half and she said that we showed her some videos and then Bash actually sat down with her and explained all the range safety rules and how like all the rules for our particular sport. And he explained it so well that she just kind of like was like, Oh, I mean, it sounds okay. You're doing it with your mom. It sounds great. And every time we would come see her, he'd show her a video. And she, by the end of like that year and a half time period with her, she was like all in, like she thought it was the greatest thing. Oh, I love that. I love to hear that because I, I feel like sometimes, I mean, we, we kind of have a a pill battle anyway, because we are shooters and we are gun owners and, uh, and then we're, we're women. So people are like, that's kind of weird just in general, not, not everybody, but just in general. And then you <laughs> yes. say, Oh, well, I'm taking my, my kid to the shooting range or my kid's shooting in a competition and people freak out. And Adam, you know, a little bit about that too, because Adam's son is also a shooter. Yeah. He, he shoots for uh, SASP uh, right now. Last year was his first year shooting competitively. He shot it. Uh, he ranked, Right now, he, he just moved up in the ranks, but he's ranked like fifth in the state of Arizona, and he's in the top 100. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Nationally, and and uh, he's 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 like, I want I want to do the Olympics, and I want to you know do this competitively, collegially, and stuff. I was like, hey, yeah, and, and you know, for me, it was like, grow up playing football. You're going to play football, and then junior year, beginning of the year, he's like, <laughs> I'm not playing football anymore, and I'm like, mm, find something else. He's like, I'm going to shoot, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, I'm listening. I approve. Let's do this. And um, yeah, it it it's fun to watch. It was something that I, you know, being an army vet, and I was a you know an instructor in the military and and whatnot, and I was decent at best. And uh, 
now my my kid outshoots me. So now I don't even bother shooting when we go to the range. I just let him, you know. <laughs> shoot him. Oh, well, we're going to have a discussion about that, Adam. Uh. You, know, you got to be practicing. Come on, man. I know where you got your CCW from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't tell the boys. <laughs> well, and here, here's the thing about, like, shoot, the competitive shooting aspect. Well, in the practical shooting kind of, like, three-gun community that we are in, like I can do this with my sons when I'm 70, Yeah, you know, yeah. like this is something we can share yeah. forever. Yeah. It, it's great family time. And, and it, it's like you said, it's, it's something that you can always, always, uh, always do. Yeah. I think, um, not Absolutely. enough people know about the shooting sports and that, there, there are welcoming communities here in, in Phoenix. I know, you know, tons of people who are shooters. I've shot some matches up here and just like anything else, you're going to run into some clicks and you're, you're definitely going to run into some assholes, but as a whole, people who are into the shooting sports or competitive shooting are eager to share it with other people who express an interest regardless of their skill level. Yeah. I mean, I've been at matches here oh in, in Phoenix where, you know, like two people roll in. One was a, um, a Mountie from Canada who just happened to see online <laughs> that, th- that this was a, cl- a, a match that was happening. And then he brought his, his friend and, you know, he's like, I have a gun. The friend didn't have a holster. He didn't have like, <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, I, I happen to be there. And I, I happen to be a, a firearms instructor also. And I, I, I actually really enjoy teaching beginners. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, took him over to a bay. Yeah. I had a holster, an extra holster that would fit his gun. Some other, somebody else had a belt, you know, like everybody contributed. I, I took him over to a bay. We did some practice draws and, you know, they just, joined our squad and you know it wasn't like everybody there knew each other but it was you have this this shared interest and those of us in the competitive sports want to in competitive shooting want to encourage gun safety responsible ownership and training if you're going to have a gun, then let's train yeah. with it. And for some people like me, that's what I use competitive shooting for. I'm mediocre at, at best. At, on my best days, I'm mediocre. But for me, that's an active way to get out, go shoot, move, use my brain in a completely different way than I do sitting at my computer <laughs> working on marketing stuff. And, and for Kisa too, I think, yeah. was, that, was that something that that occupied your brain and, and took it away from like, maybe, I don't know, shit you're dealing with at work and, and all the other stuff. Oh, 100%, like 100%. And I'm the kind of person, you know, I mean, we all, everyone here served in the military and that says a little bit about us like, right off the bat. Like we're not afraid of the unknown. We're not afraid of the challenge. And we're obviously probably not afraid of anyone was an officer in here, but not afraid of hard work. Yeah, no, we're all enlisted. <laughs> and exactly. So, so three, so multi-gun and like handgun competitions required uh, the like mastery of the skill. And let's just be honest. It's badass to run around on a range with a gun in your hand and shoot shit. Like it's just awesome. Yeah. And it makes you feel a little bit like you did when, like when I was in the Navy and I worked on the flight deck, like I got to get back in touch with that 
girl, that fearless girl that I used to be. I wasn't just a chubby single mom. You know what I mean? And yeah. And it gave me back confidence and it gave my son confidence and he's getting high fives and fist bumps from like SWAT snipers, you know, and, and so am I. And it, and people are ready to give us anything that we need on or off the range. And like, that's not just because I'm a woman there with a child, although that probably does up the ante a little bit, but now Bash basically become a competitive shooter in his own right. And he does his own thing. Like he ROs, um, he's a range safety officer at all the local law enforcement matches and he usually does it without me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's amazing. And I do want to mention here, I said, it's been about four years since each of us started on this competitive shooting uh, journey, definitely a journey for, for Kisa, more of a, a hobby for me. And Kisa is a sponsored competitive shooter now. So she went from, from, little skill like you know some skill in the very beginning to to being kind of a big deal yeah and personable enough (laughs) and developing the relationships that she's a sponsored shooter so pws is one of her sponsors and and probably your main sponsor right kisa absolutely yeah Yeah. and like they're practically family almost at this point yeah nice and so it's just such a great community. And, and I, I, I love Kisa's just view of, of all of this because we, and Kisa also is an instructor. She, she got her instructor certification as well so that she could do similar to, to like what motivated me was to help women understand, hey, you don't have to be the only woman on the range, but if you are the only woman on the range, that's okay. Like be bold, be brave, be, you know. Okay you know, be, be out there. Like there's plenty of matches I've been to where I'm the only woman or I go to the range, you know, an indoor range and I'm the only woman on the range. And of course, every dude out there wants to help me or give me pointers or whatever. And I'm like, thanks. And so I think that's, that's part of the motivation behind wanting to have Kisa on the show is just so that, you know, we're helping people understand that competitive shooting is not a men's only sport. And it's not only for no. for people who were in the military or who are in law enforcement, but there's there's a community aspect to it and and a social aspect Absolutely. to it, along with, you know, you're getting out, you're being more active, you're getting off your ass, like literally getting off your ass or sometimes falling on your ass. Um, but one of the things too, Kisa. Well, and it's okay. Like, yeah, it's, and it's okay because you get up and you and you keep going. And Kisa, yep. Kisa has a, a Instagram um, uh, account, and she shares, like, she shares videos from the from her matches. She shares a lot of stuff with her son, and she shares like the shit too. She's not a person who is only showing the one video where she kicked ass on that stage. She's also very open about here's where I messed up. Here's how I overcame or here's how I didn't overcome. Like I walked away mad <laughs> and, and here's the lesson I learned from it. Yeah. She put, said, talk put, a little bit. She's like putting in the education. Like, what is that, Adam? Good. I said, she's putting in the education side of things for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about ego. Yeah. And that's, that's what you see across Instagram, Instagram primarily, but, but across like social channels, as you see people who are only sharing the best of the best because they're driven by their, their ego and they only want to show the good stuff 
and you know show what a badass they are. The cool thing about Kisa is that she really, like, she doesn't really give a fuck what other people think. <laughs> and and from this standpoint, it's like this is why she's doing this. This is why it's important to her. This is why it's important for for her son. And now her younger son has has shown some interest in it too. And it's such an empowering, and I know some stories, like I know some stories of, of matches she's been to that are hard, like challenging matches and people talking shit like behind yeah. the back or whatever. And she perseveres through yeah. it. And I just, I think it's, I just, it, I love it. Kisa, talk a little bit about. Well, um, Michael has always been to. Go ahead, Kisa. Go ahead. Go ahead, I was just going to say, my goal has always been to be real, you know? Yeah. Like, I just want to be real about the journey, if that makes sense. So, because I would see these amazing shooters, female or male, and I would be like, how did you get here? Like, what did you do? And they'd be like, you know, it's okay. You know, just kind of ambiguous kind of stuff. And some people get into a little more detail, but there's really not a lot that you can really impart to someone. Um, you can kind of point them in a direction and then they kind of have to figure it out or they have to pay for a coach. So I just started doing dry fire videos that were just like, if you scroll back to my Instagram, it's, it's cringy, <laughs> but I, I'll never take that down. I'll never take it down. Like you can see me do some of the dumbest things when I was trying to figure stuff out. Um, and, but it shows people the journey, like you want to learn how to quad load, you know, this is how you quad load a shotgun. This is how you don't quad load a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> like, just all of that stuff is, is there and it's, it is unfiltered. Like it's muffin top and everything. It's yeah. all there. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. And, and, and that's, that's what I love about <laughs> it and about you is that it is like, this is real and and you guys, you have to go to her Instagram. Kisa, what's your Instagram handle? It's Kisa um, underscore and underscore bash. Yeah, Kisa underscore. That's K-I-S-A underscore and underscore bash, B-A-S-H. It's you really do get to see yeah. the, the journey. And I mean, she really was. Adam, she was at work. And on her lunch break, would go into the warehouse and set up her camera and just film herself. Like, you know, now, fortunately, she works in a location where it was not unusual for her to have a gun at work, you know, like might not go over so well if you work, you know, like at McDonald's to go into the break room and, you know, be dry firing your gun. (laughs) Um, So she she didn't have have that benefit. (laughs) So the thing um, is, is when I get home, I'm not going to dry fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important distinction of finding the time, making the time in your day. Because when you get home, then you are like, then your mom when you get home. Kids, kids, kids. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. I I just, Adam, it was just so important for me to have Kisa on and just tell the story and and show like, Kisa, the the kinds of people that, that we bring on this show are, it's a variety, but it's always somebody who is doing something amazing and good in the world. And I absolutely honor you and respect you for the way you're raising your sons, for your commitment to um, your own self-improvement through competitive shooting. And, you know, just for being a badass friend too. 
Well, I, I just, I do my best and I just try to raise my children to be the kind of people that I would trust leading this country into like the next generation. And that's always what I think about. I talk to them like I would talk to people that I respect and I relate to them like adults already as much as I can. And I just try to, I just try to pound it into them how important they are and like all that self-worth. And I'm not afraid to be wrong with them. And I apologize when I say like awful you know, horrible things that I say that can fly out of my mouth as a sailor, you know, yeah. not afraid to say I'm sorry, not afraid to say I'm wrong. <clears throat> and that's important because my parents didn't do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Adam, I felt like you would, you would find some, um, yeah, it, you know, some connection. There. Yeah, absolutely. And, and my hat's off to you um, for, for doing the single parenting thing. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, I've, I've done it with one. Can't imagine doing it with two, let alone be a woman doing it with two. Um, so, uh, you know, not well, it's just hard and easy, right? Well, I mean, like, it's, it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can see. Because you don't have to defer to this other person, you right. know? Like, yeah. Well, that's the easy part. The easy go. part is like, <laughs> this is how it is. Because I said so, and I don't have to ask anybody yeah. else. I don't have to, like, well, let's see what the other per- parent says. Well, the other parent's not there. So right. this is how it's going to go. And then when you're wrong or you do something, you're yeah. like, oh, sh- shit, I wish there was somebody. We, you know, I got nobody to talk to about this. Like, this is like one of those, like, like, do I ask my parents? No, because I didn't like the way I was brought up, and I don't want to raise my son the same way that I was brought up. Uh, and, and, and not that I have a bad right. child, not. But the, there's certain there there have been certain things where I was just like, okay, I learned from my parents on what not to do, mm-hmm. you know. And and then and then you screw up or you do something yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, I totally could have took that a different route, a much better <laughs> route. But sure. but that I think sure. the, the important thing is is and this is for parents out there everywhere. Does, doesn't matter, you know, uh, the materialistic stuff doesn't matter. What kids want, and especially for, for parents who have younger children, the, the key is being there for them, listening. And, and I think the, the problem with society yeah. today is a lot of people don't listen. A lot of parents don't listen. And you're seeing a lot of kids that are uh, causing uh, problems. And I, and I think a lot of those are probably ones that, are not military uh, related kids. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll just, I'll just say that. It's a weird thing. It's, it's weird that we, we got such great parenting um, skills from the military. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, somehow, it's amazing. It like, you know, when you put the smoky bear hat on and you start doing the knife hand, like people listen, <laughs> you know, I think they should bring it all back. No, that's, yeah. no, that's not sensitive enough. Well, screw that. I didn't get any of that. You know. Maybe we need to go yeah. through sensitivity well, look, training. Like, blah, I blah, have blah. a. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have a son that's like, you know, puberty in puberty, right? Like, yeah, yeah, good and luck. Good I luck. cannot imagine how I would have dealt with that yeah. if I hadn't been in the Navy. Oh, yeah. But the Navy prepared oh, me yeah. very well for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Not only in the Navy, but also in an aircraft carrier. There's yeah. like nothing. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. There were no questions I didn't have an answer for. I knew Mom, it all you, already. Mom, you're like, not supposed I even to say explained that. to him what a Canadian belt buckle was. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and on that note, before the show gets yeah, too far south, we're coming up on time. Um, frick, I, oh, my God. I'm sweating right now. That's hilarious. Um, Heather. Yes, sir. Kisa, thank you for your, your time. Take your time out of your day. I mean, Kisa's at work today and, and took time to, to talk with us. And, and thank you for having such a commitment to, to raising the kind of, of men, boys into becoming the, the kind of men that, you know, I'm, I'm proud to know and am and, and proud to support. And, you know, maybe they'll support me in my old age too. <laughs> Well, you gotta be Heather, nice to like, Keith's kids. So much for your support. <laughs> like you have been so supportive, and you always keep it real. Like I know when you're when you're like encouraging me or telling me that you're proud of me or admire me. I know it's not BS. Like, and it always means a ton to me. Like you are a very very important friend. Like you should know that for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Kisa. See, Adam. Some people like me. Yeah. Well. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Sun shines on a dog's ass every now and then. Folks, that's all the time we have today. Keisha, thank you very much for joining us. Heather, as always, it's always a pleasure seeing you and chatting with you. Uh, if those of you listening want to become part of the HMG family, simply go over to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour. <laughs>